What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com consulting. IBM. Let's create. I'm Alex Ewell. Welcome to the final episode of this season of The Readback. I remember having this fantasy as a kid about runaway cars. Maybe it was some movie I saw showing a car driving itself. Maybe it was from Looney Tunes. I'm not sure why, but I was always on the lookout for a car without anyone in the driver's seat. It wasn't even that I was scared. It was more of a curiosity, like finding a four-leaf clover. It would take about 30 years to finally find one. I remember when it happened. I was in Silicon Valley on a reporting trip for Barron's, parked on the side of the road, when a Toyota Prius passed me by. It was moving slowly but deliberately, and there was a giant apparatus on top of the compact car. And sure enough, there was no driver. At least that's how I remember it. It was a perfect Silicon Valley scene. The future had arrived right before my eyes. Thinking about that Prius now, it looked like a prehistoric version of our latest self-driving prototypes. A new Tesla Model 3 is sleek, with no obvious indication that it has autonomous technology. Those LiDAR sensors coming in the next few years look like a fitted baseball cap atop the car. By comparison, that self-driving Prius was wearing Abraham Lincoln's top hat. In that sense, self-driving cars have come a long way on the evolutionary timeline. One thing I've learned from this podcast is judging the success of innovation is all relative. According to that 2020 deadline we talked about in the very first episode of this season, self-driving has failed. But from a more general perspective, it's hard to call any of this a failure. I keep coming back to what the one-time DARPA director, Tony Tether, told us in episode two. It gave us a reputation. uh, And so we were getting people coming with ideas that they didn't, before they didn't know that there was such a place that you can come to with crazy ideas. I mean, it's a big deal to have people saying, hey, there's a place in D.C. where if you have a crazy idea, go there because there's a crazy guy running the place. He might just fund you. you (laughs) Tony's plan worked. These days, there's no lack of innovative ideas or funding when it comes to autonomy. But that doesn't mean government's role is done. After all, we're still trying to figure out how to use self-driving to actually save lives. In the U.S. alone, there are still 40,000 car deaths a year. Here's Jason Levine, the executive director of the Center for Auto Safety, who we spoke with last episode. All the attention is around, you know, the magical Jetsons mobile. And, you know, that's not where we live. You know, we don't live in cartoon land in the future. We live here in the present. And right now, there's technology that could save a lot of lives if we just get it into cars. But we need focus. Paving the way to safer roads needs a more active government and new laws. Whatever your view of government, no one else can play the crucial role of an objective standard bearer. Take it from a longtime Washington observer. Clifford Winston is an economist at the Brookings Institution, where he spends much of his time focused on transportation economics. He's not someone that readily pushes for big government, but Cliff does see an important governmental role when it comes to self-driving cars. 
The government plays a very critical role in allowing autonomous vehicles to be adopted. The government plays a role in making sure they're safe and so they're acceptable to be used by the public. Ultimately, they're going to have to approve them. Okay. Now, here's the bizarre part. There's actually not legislation yet that gives the government that responsibility. It's not that lawmakers haven't tried. In fact, we've gotten somewhat close. This is Bob Latta, and I'm a member of Congress, and I represent Ohio's 5th District in Northwest West Central Ohio. In 2017, Congressman Latta sponsored a bill called H.R. 3388, the Safely Ensuring Lives Future Deployment and Research in Vehicle Evolution Act, or the Self-Drive Act. You know, serving on the Energy and Commerce Committee, and at that time, I was the chair of the Digital Commerce and Consumer Protection Subcommittee and all of the different jurisdiction that we had over various federal agencies. But, you know, what we were seeing out there is how things have progressed in self-drive. And I told people, you know, it was very difficult to turn on a football game or some sporting event that you didn't see a commercial talking about a car that might be at a level two. A level two car, you might remember, is the most advanced autonomous system you can buy today. It's a car that can steer, brake, and stay in the lane for you. Though it requires someone to be in the driver's seat with their eyes on the road. You may also remember that other than these level zero to five descriptions, there's otherwise no real oversight about how self-driving cars can work. Latta says that's short-sighted. We're looking over the horizon five to 10 years. We want to make sure we get the legislation and then the regulations right so that we can move forward in this country. We don't want to hold back the innovators or the entrepreneurs out there. And one of the things that I ask everybody as we were working on the self-drive, especially on the private sector side, that with all different areas was this. I'd ask everybody, are you where you thought you'd be five years ago? And everybody answered the exact same way. No, we're much farther ahead. The technology is moving ahead. Regulation will always be a topic of debate in Washington, but it seems that everyone agrees that self-driving cars need the government's seal of approval to take the next step, consumer adoption. Here's economist Cliff Winston again. The companies know it's in their interest to have a safe technology, but it's also in their interest to have the imprimatur of the government to say, okay, these cars are safe. But the process involves learning, which is important and hopefully DOT and NHTSA will pay attention to this. And so it will be a constructive process. I don't think that this is any way stymieing the adoption because it's important that the public really do think these vehicles are safe. The congressman sees a more fundamental issue as self-driving cars start to hit the road. We need a national standard. The idea of a uniform federal rule, also known as preemption, was at the top of the Self-Drive Act. The bill calls for fail-safe features and clear test data, among many other requirements. We can't have 50 states in the District of Columbia out there doing their own thing, because you don't want to be in a, you know, a self-drive automobile. I'm getting close, like in my area, either crossing the Michigan line or crossing in Indiana, and having the car save maybe five miles out, that you're going to have to resume control of the car because it can't cross the state line on autonomous vehicle mode. So we've got to make sure that we have the preemption out there. And at the same time, 
We want to make sure that we're preserving all of the rights that the states already have. So it's licensing, the insurance, you name it, that we work with everyone across the country on to get this in the legislation. And so, you know, we listen to people. We listen to the people that were doing the development. We listen to the people out there that would be on the manufacturing side, the safety side, the senior citizen side, the folks with disabilities. And so I believe that we've truly came up with a very good piece of legislation because we looked at everything from privacy to cybersecurity to making sure that these vehicles would be as safe, if not safer than anything that was on the road already. This seems like pretty basic stuff. And in 2017, Congressman Latta, a Republican, got bipartisan support for his bill. I worked with our committee staff. They did a tremendous job. They worked with the Democrat staff. We worked with the Democrat leaders on the committee. We worked with Democrat members. We listened to what they had concerns with. So to have this piece of legislation, as complicated as it was, and I believe the number was 54 to zero when it left committee which is unheard of <laughs> to have something like this. And then when we got to the House floor, when I had it on the floor, I almost fell over because it was voice voted. Nobody even called for a roll call. Basically, the bill was so uncontroversial that no one even pushed to have an on-the-record vote. A national self-driving act passed the U.S. House of Representatives with hardly any angst. But the momentum was short-lived. The bill never made it through the U.S. Senate. When it got over to the Senate, unfortunately, it was the trial attorneys. And that's where the roadblock hit. U.S. Senators ultimately blocked a version of the bill because it didn't offer provisions for people to sue over self-driving accidents. We could debate whether that's a worthy thing to include. But ultimately, some three years later, the result is a total lack of national standards. So what we really have to do is, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to keep pushing on this legislation to get it going, get it done. Because again, this is something about saving lives. And so, you know, I'm looking forward to, again, working with our Democrat counterparts and getting this legislation moving. Because again, it's just not out there for the technology of, you know, when you're in your car to have it in a safe mode. But at the same time, to think about all the highway deaths and accidents that occur because of that 94% of the accidents being caused by driver error. Four years after the Self-Drive Act passed the House, we're still no closer to a national law surrounding self-driving cars. Here's Cliff Winston again. It's just not getting high priority either in Congress or in the White House. Neither administration has put it as a priority. Biden has mentioned the importance of electric vehicles, but I'm puzzled why autonomous vehicles aren't given equal billing because they're as important, I would argue, even more important. This has always been perplexing to me. Why electric vehicles have had so much attention and success while self-driving cars sit idly by. EVs are a big deal for sure, but they're really an interior tweak, replacing a gas engine with an electric motor the car still has the same four wheels. The real disruption in automobiles won't come until vehicles are truly autonomous. I asked Cliff Winston why self-driving cars are being left behind in Washington. Much of what we observe really comes about because of status quo bias. That is, government is used to doing certain things. There are certain processes. It's a lot easier simply to spend money 
than to think carefully about efficient and appropriate legislation. So it's easy to say, let's spend some money on chargers for electric vehicles, but it's a lot harder to think through, okay, exactly what is it we want to do in setting out a testing framework for autonomous vehicles? How is it that we want to get them adopted? And it's just very hard to get people to want to do that as opposed to just spending money or building on existing regulation, because this is something that's new. And there's risk involved in this also. And again, this is something that policymakers do not want, do not like. But Congressman Latta's bill did show some desire to make needed change, even if it was for a fleeting moment. Now it's clear. Lawmakers have to find new motivation to act. Latta says he isn't giving up. What I truly believe is, is that the federal government can't be out there picking the winners and losers. What we can do is making sure that we have the cybersecurity, we have the privacy, that we have the preemption out there, but that we have what these cars have to meet. And as I said, that these cars have to be as safe or safer than whatever is out there on the market today. And that's one of the things I think that uh, sometimes gets lost in the debate. So let's define the debate once and for all. Too many people die on the road today. No one should be willing to accept additional fatalities. From here, the only goal should be using autonomy to make cars safer. For car makers, that may mean foregoing some near-term sales. For consumers, it means giving up on texting from the backseat of a driverless car, at least for now. And for lawmakers, it means stepping up and getting a law done, even if it's not the most politically popular move. In the six months since we started working on this season of The Readback, the clamor around self-driving has only grown louder. Every day brings a new report of a new feature or a new failure. Just this week, Elon Musk was named Time's Person of the Year. The magazine notes that Musk drives a car he created that uses no gas and barely needs a driver. Barely needs a driver. It's the kind of buzz we've heard for more than a decade now. But what if we focused on a different idea? What if instead it was saving countless lives? For now, we have to make that choice. Either we pick a driverless car that we're not really ready for, technologically, politically, or philosophically, or we can take a step back and use autonomy to solve one of our biggest problems. Cars are still not safe. That might not look like the progress we imagined, but it's definitely the progress we need. Thanks for listening to The Readback. This is the final episode of our self-driving season. If you've enjoyed the series, this is a perfect time to let your friends know about the show. And we'd love to know what you think of the season. Please leave a review if you listen on Apple Podcasts. Reviews make it easier for others to find the show. You can also email us at thereadbackatbarons.com. Thanks to Tony Tether, Jason Levine, Clifford Winston, and Congressman Bob Latta. Plus, everyone else who spoke with us this season. I'm Alex Ewell. The Readback is produced by Katie Ferguson. Melissa Haggerty is our executive producer. Additional thanks to Meta Lutzhoft, Jackson Cantrell, Rebecca Bisdale, Shana Mishkin, Bob Rose, and David Cho. Thanks also to my parents, my wife, and kids who let me share so many stories of our times driving together. 
For more coverage on self-driving, you can check out Barron's.com. Thanks so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by Charles Schwab. Decisions made in Washington can affect your portfolio every day. But what policy changes should investors be watching? Washington Wise is an original podcast for investors from Charles Schwab that unpacks the stories making news in Washington and how they may affect your finances and portfolio. Listen at schwab.com slash Washington Wise.